Good morning. This is America in the Morning from Westwood One. I'm John Trout. It's Tuesday, January 9th, 2024. Here's what's coming up on America in the Morning. The White House says it will review Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin's lack of disclosure on his hospital stay. I'm Julie Walker. Former President Donald Trump expected in court today as his lawyers argue presidential immunity. I'm Clayton Neville. Hundreds chanted, blocked traffic, and were arrested in New York protesting the Israel-Hamas war. I'm Sue Aller. Winter storm conditions gripping the Midwest are a reminder that inclement conditions could impact the Iowa caucuses. I'm Norman Hall. On Wall Street, stocks rallied, even the Dow, after Boeing shares tried to drag it lower for most of the day. I'm Jessica Ettinger. The IRS has announced January 29th as the official start date of the 2024 tax season. I'm Lisa Dwyer. All ahead on America in the Morning. Both former President Trump and many within the GOP are demanding the resignation of Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin over his lack of disclosure. Afterward leaked about his hospital stay, one where members of the Biden administration and the president were unclear as to where he was. Austin under the microscope at the White House, declining to inform those top-level government officials he was hospitalized for an extended stay. More on the story from correspondent Julie Walker. With uh, regard to uh, Secretary Austin, um, I wasn't aware of his um, uh, medical issue. Uh, in fact, I, I talked to, to Lloyd last weekend uh, before this incident. What I can say is this. It has been, it remains one of the great privileges of my career over 30 years now working in, in government uh, to serve alongside Lloyd Austin. Lloyd Austin. National Security Council spokesman John Kirby told reporters aboard Air Force One the administration will see if procedures need to be changed. We'll do what's akin to a hot wash and uh, try to see if processes and procedures need to be changed at all or modified uh, so that we can learn from this. Secretary Austin was hospitalized Monday, January 1st. President Biden found out Thursday. The president uh, respects the fact that Secretary Austin took ownership for the lack of transparency. Kirby says there's an expectation cabinet members notify up the chain of command. Still, the administration stands by him. There is no uh, uh, no plans for anything other than for Secretary Austin to stay in the job and continuing the leadership that he's been exude, that he's been demonstrating. Kirby says Austin resumed his duties from the hospital. The Pentagon has refused to offer details about his initial medical procedure on December 22nd and what brought him back. I'm Julie Walker. Former President Donald Trump is expected in court today as his legal team argues presidential immunity. Correspondent Clayton Neville reports. The legal battles are plenty for former President Trump. Several ongoing cases involve allegations that he tried to overturn the results of the 2020 election that he lost to President Biden. When you uh, have that great freedom to challenge, you have to be able to, otherwise you can have very dishonest elections. What has taken place here is a travesty of justice. We did nothing wrong. I did nothing wrong. And everybody knows it. I've never had such support. And that goes with the other ones, too. Trump insists that his political opponents are out to get him. What they're doing is election interference. They're trying to interfere with an election. There's never been anything like it in our country before. This is their way of campaigning. 
And this is one instance, but you have three other instances. It's election interference. Now, Trump says he'll attend arguments before a three-judge panel in Washington today. That panel ultimately considering whether or not Trump is protected from federal criminal prosecution. His lawyers argue that four of the charges against Trump are unlawful and unconstitutional because they target official acts Trump took as commander-in-chief. Lawyers claim the Constitution would only allow Trump to be criminally prosecuted if first convicted by the Senate after an impeachment trial. In response, Special Counsel Jack Smith said that idea threatens to license presidents to commit crimes in order to stay in office. I'm Clayton Neville. Security scrambled at the White House after a car crashed into the exterior gate. It happened just before 6 p.m. Monday night when the driver of a car hit the White House barrier near 15th Street and Pennsylvania Avenue. The Secret Service cordoned off the area and took the driver into custody. In a post on X, formerly Twitter, the Secret Service announced they'd be investigating the case and manner of the collision and also said that President Biden was not in the White House at the time of the incident. The car, which appeared to be an SUV, smashed into a barricade at a restricted entrance to the White House grounds. The name of the driver has not yet been released. When we return on America in the morning, protesters create Carmageddon and winter storm bears down on the Midwest after these messages. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. Welcome back. This is America in the Morning. AccuWeather.com meteorologist Carl Erickson has been tracking a winter storm that's moving across the country eastward. Carl, what's the latest? Well, as this powerful storm tracks into the eastern half of the nation today, the core of the heaviest snow will be falling from northern Missouri, eastern Iowa, northern Illinois, and into southern Wisconsin. By the time the storm begins to pull out of these areas tonight, we expect a large swath of three to six inches of snow from the upper Midwest into the western Great Lakes states, including cities like Des Moines, Chicago, and Madison. The heaviest band of snow in the 6-12 inch range will set up from eastern Nebraska, northern Missouri, Iowa, the northern and western suburbs of Chicago, and southern Wisconsin. Gusty winds in these areas will also cause blowing snow and reduce visibility. This combined with snow-packed and slippery roads will make for dangerous travel and likely widespread delays. There will also be a swath of snow on the front end of this storm that can accumulate 1-3 to three inches over western and central Pennsylvania into western New York before changing over to rain tonight. 
On the warm side of the storm, there'll be a large shield of rain from the Ohio and Tennessee valleys. Some of the rain will be heavy and can lead to localized flooding and travel disruptions. Across the southeast will be a threat for severe thunderstorms from the Carolinas, including Charlotte and Raleigh, into Georgia, southeast Alabama, and northern Florida. The primary threat from these storms will be flooding downpours, damaging winds, and even tornadoes. The central plain states will have improving weather today as the storm begins to move away. The southwest will have dry and sunny weather with highs in the 60s. A moisture-laden storm will bring more rain to the Pacific Northwest into Northern California with snow across the Cascades spilling over into the Northern Rockies this afternoon. In Atlanta today, rain and thunderstorms, high 58. Meanwhile, in Chicago, heavy snow and a high of 35. That's the nation's weather. I'm AccuWeather.com meteorologist Carl Erickson. Remember to follow us everywhere you get your podcasts, Apple, Spotify, Amazon, and YouTube. Just search America in the Morning in your favorite listening app. I'm John Trout. It was Carmageddon in New York City when pro-Palestinian demonstrators blocked entrances to bridges and the Holland Tunnel, causing traffic jams and some scuffles with angry drivers. Sue Aller reports the chaos and violations of police orders led to more than 300 arrests. It wasn't too many cars and not enough road causing a traffic jam leaving Manhattan yesterday morning. Pro-Palestinian protesters simultaneously blocked one tunnel and three bridges calling on Israel to end its war on Hamas. New York City police and the Port Authority arrested more than 325 protesters. Many will face misdemeanor charges with a desk appearance ticket. Some will face more serious charges for blocking the Holland Tunnel, which connects Manhattan to New Jersey and the Brooklyn, Manhattan and the Williamsburg Bridges, also known as the Lower East River Crossings, connecting Manhattan to Brooklyn. New York City Mayor Eric Adams spoke at a midday briefing yesterday. The right to protest does not give one the right to block bridges and tunnels as we saw this morning. Many New Yorkers who were just trying to go about their business were frustrated. This man spoke to NBC Channel 4 News. They're fighting this in the streets of New York. Nobody cares of nothing. Nobody cares about your feelings in New York. This man spoke to ABC 7 Eyewitness News. This is wrong. This is crazy. People are going to lose their jobs behind this. I'm one of them. I live in Williamsburg. I can't even get home. After about two hours, the arrests were made and the bridges and tunnels were reopened. In New York, I'm Sue Aller. A deeper dive now on that winter storm in the Midwest and a reminder that inclement weather can impact the Iowa caucuses. Correspondent Norman Hall reports. Iowa State University political science professor Max Shelley says turnout at the caucuses is already low when the weather is nice. Shelley says because little is at stake for Democrats, turnout for the party could be in the single digit. It's difficult for exactly that reason under best of circumstances, let alone the occasional blizzard or a nor'easter that hits us here. He predicts about a 20% GOP turnout. Shelley says a big snow dump will dampen turnout even more. It's a problem particularly for folks who live in outlying rural areas. A blizzard there pretty much means you're, you're marooned for a couple of days. Multiple appearances planned for Monday by the Trump campaign had to be canceled. I'm Norman Hall. When we return on America in the Morning, Boeing faces new scrutiny over the 737 MAX 9 and the Woods-Nike split after these messages.
Back Now on America in the Morning. Thanks for listening. The president of the National Association of Realtors is stepping down, but not for the usual reasons. Tracy Casper announced she's leaving, alleging a blackmail threat. Casper took over as the leader of the 1.5 million member group last August when the former president was ousted amid sexual harassment allegations. Casper said the threat against her came from a past, personal, non-financial matter and reported the incident to law enforcement, but decided it was best to step aside. Here's CNBC's Jessica Ettinger with more in Tuesday Business. Wall Street opens this morning after a rally for stocks yesterday. The Nasdaq soared 2%. Even the Dow popped at the end of the day after being dragged down by Boeing most of the day. Investors are on hold for Thursday's fresh read on inflation with the CPI, the Consumer Price Index, for December. The key risk for the market would be a reacceleration in inflation. That's certainly not what priced into the bond market at this time with six cuts forecasted. New Edge Wealth's Cameron Dawson on CNBC. Boeing shares plunged 8% yesterday after the FAA grounded dozens of its 737 MAX 9 jets for urgent safety inspections. A plug door blew out midair Friday during an Alaska Airlines flight. And late yesterday, sources told CNBC.com, United made a discovery. United Airlines has found loose bolts on door plugs of several Boeing 737 MAX 9 planes during inspections. And if that's the case, it raises the question, which is the primary drag on Boeing, which is the quality controls and the lack of them or appearance of the lack of them uh, at the Renton, Washington factory. CNBC's Phil LeBeau. Watch Boeing shares again today. The street is selling Boeing because people just say, you know what, more numbers have to come down because of this. The airlines, I mean, we, we had Southwest Airlines and they were complaining about Boeing and then they still went and bought the Max. And you can sell it. There's no doubt about it. It's bad. But I do think that what's going to happen is, is that the stock will find a bottom because the system needs Boeing and this is not going to change things. Even though, obviously, if it had been at 30,000 feet, and not 16,000 feet, people would have died. CNBC Mad Money host Jim Cramer. Gas prices have fallen again. AAA says the national average for a gallon of regular is now $3.07. A match made in heaven. What's the latest on Tiger Woods and Nike? You know, a lot of people were not surprised that Tiger Woods and Nike are ending their partnership after 27 years. Nike got out of the golf equipment business more than seven years ago. Woods has been using other brands. Tiger Woods announced that uh, the relationship between he and Nike has apparently ended, saying that over 27 years ago, I was forced to start a partnership with one of the most iconic brands in the world. People will ask if there is another chapter. Yes, there will certainly be another chapter. See you in L.A. Since around 2022, in the wake of his accident, his automobile accident, he's trying to make a comeback. He's been spotted in foot joy, golf apparel and wear, at least on the shoe side of things. CNBC's Dominic Chu. On today's watch list, Boeing's CEO holds an all-employee safety meeting. We get earnings from supermarket chain Albertsons. And the Consumer Electronics Show begins in Las Vegas with Media Days. Thank you, CNBC's Jessica Ettinger. IRS guidelines for this year's tax season when America in the Morning returns after these messages.
America in the Morning continues. The Justice Department says a gun law that took effect after the 2022 Texas Elementary School massacre and other mass shootings seems to be working. Washington correspondent Sagar Magani reports. The bipartisan law was the most sweeping gun legislation in decades, including stricter background checks for people under 21 trying to buy guns. Those checks have already kept 527 firearms out of the hands of young people who are prohibited from having them. Attorney General Merrick Garland's Justice Department says those who were denied a gun purchase include people convicted of rape, involuntarily committed for mental health treatment, and attempted murder suspects. President Biden says the legislation is clearly saving lives as he continues pushing for universal background checks. Sagar Magani, Washington. The IRS has announced January 29th as the official start date of the 2024 tax season with millions of returns expected by the April 15th deadline. Lisa Dwyer has a closer look. The agency is undergoing a massive facelift, attempting to improve its technology and customer service. The IRS says there will be more walk-in centers open to help taxpayers, enhanced paperless processing to help with IRS correspondence, and enhanced individual online accounts available for taxpayers. Eligible taxpayers will be able to file their 2023 tax returns online directly with the IRS through a new electronic direct file pilot, which will be rolled out in phases and is expected to be widely available in mid-March. The IRS expects most refunds to be issued in less than 21 days. I'm Lisa Dwyer. America in the Morning for Tuesday, January 9th, 2024 is produced by Jeff McKay, senior producer Kevin Delaney. I'm John Trout. This is Westwood One. This is America in the Morning from Westwood One. I'm John Trout. Coming up this half hour. The National Transportation Safety Board says a door plug from a Boeing jetliner has been located. I'm Donna Water. Some pushback on a spending agreement in Congress. I'm Clayton Neville. Florida Republicans give their party chair the boot. I'll tell you why. I'm Pamela Furr. More bad weather is on the way across parts of the nation after weekend winter storms brought heavy snow and freezing rain. I'm Julie Walker. President Biden compares election lies to white supremacy, campaigning on a grim theme about threats to truth and democracy. Truth shall set us free. I'm Jennifer King. Joe Coy is facing blowback from hosting the Golden Globes. I'm Kevin Carr. Back after these messages. Welcome back. This is America in the Morning. In today's national forecast, there's a mixed bag of different storm systems, including some potential severe weather. Here's AccuWeather.com meteorologist Carl Erickson. Well, just about every severe weather threat will be in play today, from heavy snow to flooding rain to severe thunderstorms and even tornadoes. As this powerful storm tracks into the eastern half of the nation today, heavy snow will fall from northern Missouri, eastern Iowa, northern Illinois, and into southern Wisconsin. By the time the storm begins to pull out of these areas tonight, 
we expect a large swath of three to six inches of snow from the upper Midwest, including cities like Des Moines, Chicago, and Madison. Even as far south as St. Louis, Missouri, any mix of rain and snow will go over to all snow today into tonight, with one to three inches of snow expected there. The heaviest band of snow, on the order of six to 12 inches, will set up from the eastern Nebraska area, northern Missouri, Iowa, the northern and western suburbs of Chicago, and southern Wisconsin. Gusty winds in these areas will also cause blowing snow and reduce visibility. This combined with snow-packed and slippery roads will make for dangerous travel and likely widespread delays. There'll also be a swath of snow on the front end of the storm that can accumulate one to three inches over western and central Pennsylvania into western New York before that changeover to rain tonight. There can be a brief period of ice in these areas late today before that changeover occurs as well. On the warm side of the storm, there'll be a large shield of rain from the Ohio and Tennessee valleys into the mid-Atlantic. Some of the rain will be heavy and can lead to localized flooding and travel disruptions. Across the southeast will be a threat for severe storms from the Carolinas, including Charlotte and Raleigh, into Georgia, southeast Alabama, and northern Florida. The primary threat from these storms will be flooding downpours, damaging winds, and even tornadoes. The central plains will have improving weather as the storm moves away. The southwest will also have dry and sunny weather. A moisture-laden storm will bring more rain and mountain snow to the Pacific Northwest, and will spill over into the northern Rockies this afternoon. That's the nation's weather. I'm AccuWeather.com meteorologist Kai Erickson. Follow us everywhere you get your podcasts, Apple, Spotify, Amazon, YouTube. Just search America in the Morning in your favorite listening app. I'm John Trout. Passengers were calling it 10 minutes of terror after a bolt that holds panels together came loose on an Alaska Airlines flight over Oregon. Making matters worse, the New York Times reports the incident happened after the airline was warned three times about problems with cabin pressure on that plane. As Donna Warder reports, the National Transportation Safety Board says the door plug from that Boeing jetliner has been located and the FAA ordered all 737 MAX 9 planes to be grounded and inspected. We just heard like a loud bang or like a boom. And I look up and the air masks are like out, pop down. And I look to my left and there's just this huge like gaping hole. Shows you how structurally strong those planes are. You could blow a hole like that because the hole was about as wide as a refrigerator and about two-thirds as high when I finally got to see it later. At a news conference carried by KATU, NTSB Chair Jennifer Hammondy says a teacher discovered the lost door plug in his backyard in Portland and sent the photos to the safety board. Investigators will examine the 26 by 40 inch plug for signs of how it broke free Friday from an unused exit as a Boeing 730 37 MAX 9 cruised about three miles over Oregon. Hamadi says the explosive rush of air damaged several rows of seats, pulled insulation from the walls, and ripped the headset off the co-pilot who had been in the cockpit with a closed door. They hear a bang. They immediately put on their oxygen masks. Uh, at the time there is a bang, the door flies open. Hammondy says a pressurization light came on during or after three previous flights, but she says investigators are not sure if the warning light is related to Friday's incident. I'm Donna Water. Both Alaska Airlines and United have reported finding loose parts after the FAA ordered all Boeing 730 MAX 9 planes to be inspected, signaling the issues the aircraft maker Boeing faces go beyond that one plane that had an in-flight blowout at 16,000 feet. House and Senate leaders on both sides of the political aisle are beginning to push a new spending agreement on Capitol Hill more than a week before a possible government shutdown deadline. But some conservatives are pushing back. Correspondent Clayton Neville reports. 
The top-line agreement reached by Congress over the weekend is expected to potentially stop a government shutdown. The framework agreement will enable the appropriators to address many of the major challenges America faces at home and abroad. It also allows us to keep the investments for hardworking American families that congressional Democrats and President Biden secured through our legislative agenda. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer and Republican House Speaker Mike Johnson are both behind the bill. Senator Schumer said the deal would preserve key programs for Americans as the new year begins. Our goal was to preserve a non-defense funding level of $772 billion, the same level agreed to in our debt ceiling deal last June. Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell stressed the need for more security money. The administration needs to finally start taking the long-term needs of America's national security seriously. The $1.6 trillion agreement is getting some pushback from conservative Republicans on Capitol Hill. The House Freedom Caucus called the deal a total failure. Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene said she's a no, and some lawmakers are accusing Speaker Johnson of bending to the Democrats. I'm Clayton Neville. A high-ranking Hezbollah commander has reportedly been killed in an Israeli drone attack in Lebanon. As correspondent Charles de Ledesma reports, the incident happened with Secretary of State Antony Blinken in the region and concerns that with every strike and counter-strike, Israel, the U.S., and Iran's allies inch closer to all-out war. The Israeli airstrike killed the elite Hezbollah commander in southern Lebanon on Monday, the latest in an escalating exchange of strikes along the border that's raised fears of another Mideast war, even as the fighting in Gaza exacts a mounting toll on civilians. The strike on an SUV killed a commander in a secretive Hezbollah force that operates along the border, according to a Lebanese security official who spoke on condition of anonymity according to regulations. Hezbollah has identified the slain figure as with some al-Tawal without providing details. Everywhere I went, I found leaders who were determined to prevent the conflict that we're facing now from spreading, um, doing everything possible to deter escalation, uh, to prevent a widening uh, of the conflict. In the last week alone, Israel's killed a senior Hamas militant in an airstrike in Beirut. Hezbollah has fired barrages of rockets into Israel. The U.S. has killed a militia commander in Baghdad. And Iran-backed rebels in Yemen have traded fire with the American Navy. Each strike and counter-strike increases the risk of the already catastrophic war in Gaza spilling across the region. And in the decades-old standoff pitting the U.S. and Israel against Iran and Al allied militant groups. Any part could choose an all-out war over a loss of face. As the intertwined chess game grows ever more complicated, the potential for miscalculation rises. I will press on the absolute imperative to do more to protect civilians and to do more to make sure that humanitarian assistance is getting into the hands of those who need it. We'll also, of course, focus on our relentless efforts to bring back the hostages. I'm Charles Tulletesma. Among the stories we're covering next, Florida GOP chair out on his ear, and President Biden evokes white supremacy on the campaign trail. That and more when America in the Morning continues after these messages.
Back with you on America in the Morning, I'm John Trout. Florida Republicans had called for his resignation, but since GOP Chair Christian Ziegler refused, they voted to essentially fire him. Pamela Furr tells us what led to his high-profile ouster. He's accused of rape, that's why. According to police documents, Ziegler and his wife, Bridget, who is a member of the Sarasota School Board, had a sexual relationship with another woman and had planned to meet her at her apartment. But after Bridget was unable to attend, the accuser says Christian showed up anyway and assaulted her. Now, he says the sexual encounter was consensual and has tapes to prove it. The incident was reported to the Sarasota Police Department on October the 4th, and the investigation went public on November 30th. In a December meeting, Florida GOP leaders stripped Ziegler of his authority and slashed his salary to just a dollar after he refused to resign. Then during a closed-door emergency meeting in Tallahassee yesterday, the majority of those present voted to oust him. Jack Brill, chairman of the Sarasota County GOP. Let's hope this is the beginning of the end of this really sad journey we've all had to take in the last three months. A Florida U.S. Representative Matt Gates, who also participated in Monday's vote, said he didn't think the scandal would have a lasting effect on the party. And this isn't about one person or their frailties. It's about a large infrastructure of committed grassroots volunteers who have delivered victory after victory for Republicans in the Sunshine State. Now, it should be noted, neither Christian nor his wife, Bridget, have been charged with any crime, while the police say the investigation continues. I'm Pamela Furr. More bad weather on the way across parts of the nation after weekend winter storms brought heavy snow and freezing rain to both coasts. Correspondent Julie Walker reports. The sound of heavy wind and rain hitting Key West, where there's some flooding. Just one place affected by the storms moving in, says National Weather Service lead forecaster Bob Orovec. There's winter storm watches and, and blizzard warnings and winter storm warnings out, out from the southern high plains up towards the upper Mississippi Valley and also across parts of the northeast. At the same time, we anticipate this storm's going to have a lot of rain effects with it, uh, flash flooding potential. And he says there could be 8 to 12 inches of snow. Over the weekend, snow in Sierra Nevada shut down a stretch of the interstate and knocked out power. There's blizzard warnings out across much of the Washington and Oregon Cascades and the Olympic Range of Washington. And we do anticipate high winds, potential for heavy snows across those areas. So also a pretty impactful event. Snowfall totals across the Sierra look they're going to be anywhere from two to three feet over the next few days. In the northeast, some places got over a foot of snow, but the big cities mainly got freezing rain. I'm Julie Walker. In South Carolina, President Biden compares election lies to white supremacy, campaigning on a grim theme about threats to truth and democracy. Correspondent Jennifer King reports. Our challenge is doing the things that are necessary to make this country's greatness accessible and affordable for all our citizens. We shall know the truth, and the truth shall set us free. Biden spoke from the pulpit of Charleston, South Carolina's Mother Emanuel AME Church, where nine black churchgoers were shot down in a racist attack in 2015. The word of God was pierced by bullets and hate, rage, propelled by not just gunpowder, but by a poison. Poison that has for too long haunted this nation. 
president criticized the Republican frontrunner for lying about the election and glorifying rather than condemning political violence. And losers are taught to concede when they lose. And he's a loser. Biden also took a swipe at candidate Nikki Haley, who spent several days on the defensive for not explicitly naming slavery as the root cause of the Civil War. Banning books, denying your right to vote and have it counted, destroying diversity, equality, inclusion all across America. Biden's trying to energize black voters and underscore what he thinks is at stake in the November election. Now they're trying to steal history, telling us that violent mob was, and I quote, a peaceful protest. In the 2020 primary, after a spirited endorsement from Representative James Clyburn, South Carolina helped propel Biden to his party's nomination. Biden's hoping for another strong showing. I'm Jennifer King. An appeal by a major social media platform to release how many times they've received requests from the government for user information has been rejected by the Supreme Court. Here's Chuck Palm with the story in today's Tech Report. The Supreme Court yesterday rejected a request by Elon Musk's ex-corp, formerly Twitter, to consider whether the social media company can publicly disclose how often federal law enforcement seek information about users for national security investigations. The justices declined to hear ex-appeal of a lower court's ruling holding that the FBI's restriction on what the company could say publicly about active investigations did not violate its free speech rights under the Constitution. In a statement, X said that it was critical for the justices to take up the case to establish clear standards for when and how tech companies can speak out about government demands for confidential information about their users for surveillance purposes. In 2015, Congress enacted a law allowing companies to disclose limited information about how often they received national security requests under the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act. Twitter had submitted a draft report to the FBI, but they said the report was classified and could not be publicly released. Leave a comment at allthetoptech.tech. I'm Chuck Palm. Tuesday Sports with America in the Morning's Robert Workman. College football's national championship game in Houston last night. Number one, Michigan wiped out number two, Washington, 34-13 for its first title since 1997. Donovan Edwards ran for first half touchdowns of 41 and 46 yards. Blake Corum put it away with a pair of fourth quarter scoring runs. There's so many people making plays out there. And when we needed to play, someone made it, whether it had been myself, whether it had been Will, whether it had been JJ or Donovan, you know, so many guys made plays. The Wolverine defense added a pair of interceptions. They finished the year 15-0. and NFL Black Monday, the Commanders sacked Ron Rivera after four seasons. The team has not had a winning record since 2016, but Josh Harris, who bought the team last summer, set about changing that by bringing in two veteran executives, former Vikings GM Rick Spielman and Bob Myers, who guided the Golden State Warriors to six NBA finals and four championships. They will help find a new coach and head of football operations. Early yesterday, the Falcons fired Arthur Smith, so currently there are five head coaching openings. NBA Benedict Matherin hit the deciding free throws with less than a second remaining and the Pacers shaded the Celtics 133-131. Indiana battled back after all-star point guard Tyrese Halliburton had to be carried off the floor with a hamstring injury. He'll have an MRI today. Wins for the Jazz, Bulls, Thunder, Clippers, and Heat. Grizzlies guard John Morant, who sat out the first 25 games of the season under suspension, is going to miss the rest of the year with a shoulder injury that needs surgery. That's Tuesday Sports. Thank you, Robert. When we return on America in the Morning, how far a joke about Taylor Swift will get you and actor convicted on assault and harassment charges. Those stories when America in the Morning continues after these messages.
We're back on America in the Morning. While the Golden Globes received good reviews, not everyone was happy with the host, Joe Coy. Kevin Carr has the story. Not everything at the Golden Globes on Sunday went perfectly. While the award show was less freewheeling than in the past, not everyone was happy with host Joe Coy, who noticeably got frustrated when his jokes didn't land well. Yo, I got the gig 10 days ago. You want a perfect monologue? Yo, shut up. You got, you're kidding me, right? One joke that fell flat was directed at Taylor Swift and the NFL. The big difference between the Golden Globes and the NFL, on the Golden Globes, we have fewer camera shots of Taylor Swift. In response, Swift glared while sipping her drink in a clip that has since gone viral. Immediately after the ceremony, Coy spoke about the joke to E.T.'s Danny Directo outside the after party. Did you see Taylor's reaction to your joke this morning? Oh, man. What'd you think? It was cute. I was just saying it was cute. Coy continued his apology tour on Monday morning's GMA3. You know, that's a tough room. And uh, it was a hard job, I'm not gonna lie. To be fair, after a slew of potential comedians refused the gig last fall, Coy was tapped as host less than two weeks before the ceremony for a job that usually takes months of preparation. Even controversial past host Ricky Gervais, who won an award for his Netflix stand-up special, had telegraphed he was done with the gig when he hosted in 2020. You'll be pleased to know this is the last time I'm hosting these awards, so I don't care anymore. Um, I'm joking. I never did. Maybe I'll throw my hat in the ring for the host in 2025. I'm Kevin Carr. Actor Jonathan Majors says he was both shocked and afraid after his conviction on assault and harassment in New York last month. Entertainment correspondent Margie Zaraleta has the details. Jonathan Majors was a rising star playing Kang the Conqueror in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. He was convicted last month of assaulting his then-girlfriend, Grace Jabari, during a car ride last March. I wish to God I knew. That would give clarity. That would give me some type of peace about it. Majors tells ABC's Good Morning America he felt the verdict was not possible given the evidence. I'm standing there and the verdict comes down. I say, how, 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 is, how is that possible based off the evidence? based off the prosecution's evidence, let alone our evidence. How is that possible? He also says he regrets not breaking off the relationship sooner. I shouldn't have been in the car. I shouldn't have stepped out of the relationship. I shouldn't have been in the relationship. If I'm not in the car, None of this is happening. Jabari's attorney, Brittany Henderson, says in a statement to ABC News that Majors still has a clear lack of remorse for his actions. His sentencing is February 6th. I'm Archie Zaraleta. America in the Morning for Tuesday, January 9th, 2024, is produced by Jeff McKay, senior producer Kevin Delaney. I'm John Trout. This is Westwood One. Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Guest star Sarah Carter as Alicia Baker. Although I didn't really work with her a lot. But Tom did, and they had some real big smoochy scenes. Yeah. Can we talk about that? Could there be any more sex? What was the three-page makeout scene that just kept going? Good Lord. We get it. They have chemistry. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen.